I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Hypes. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlick. If you're wondering in this hellscape of Week 17, who to start, who to sit, we have our rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We'll also try to tweet out anything helpful. I'm Danny underscore Heifetz on Twitter. Just Danny Heifetz on Twitter. DK's Danny B. Kelly everywhere. Craig is Craig Horlbeck on Twitter. All those are super easy to spell, but just in case. I'm not going to tweet out anything helpful. I just tweet about the movie Babylon now. That's my new identity. Okay. And and the Warriors. And the Warriors. <laughs> Craig's a fantasy football expert who never tweets about fantasy football. Well, That's sometimes. Right. Don't, don't completely write me <laughs> off. There we go. So, uh, the must-follow accounts. So, as always... Here on Friday, we're doing a vibes check, mm-hmm. heading into week 17. Vibes? The vibes, I don't know if they've been worse. They've gotten progressively DK, worse. The vibes are appalling. <laughs> I got to tell you, for championship weekend, this is it's like scary some of the lineups I'm seeing out there right now. Just absolutely ridiculous amounts of guys that are either injured, uh, the teams are sitting them, there's a quarterback like a backup quarterback in for whatever reason, there's just a million guys that like we have huge question marks about this week. So we're going to try and talk it through it. This is kind of just commiseration with you guys. Misery loves company. We're miserable. You're miserable. We're going to try and make the best of it. It feels like the NFL, like it feels like this is like the old week 17, even though there's a week after it feels like we've gone back to the, to what we at last year, where like, this is the last week of the regular season It's most NFL teams are just giving up a year, a week early. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, let's let's dive into like the specific scenarios. But then, yeah, Craig, you're right. Let, let's come back to that at the end of just like, what the hell are we doing here? But first, let's just go through. I, is this even Sunday Scaries or is this just like general seasonal depression? <laughs> I don't even know what this right. category should be called. A but, little bit of both. DK, will you, will you shepherd us through the quarterback Armageddon yeah, of there's, Week 17? There's some quarterback upheaval in the NFL right now. I think the big one, well, there's there's multiple things here happening, but let's start with the first one. The Raiders have benched Derek Carr. And whether you see this as like them just basically protecting 
him from injuries so they can potentially trade him in the offseason. It feels like this is the end of the Derek Carr era in Las Vegas. Jarrett Sinema starting. And making matters worse, it's against San Francisco, who has like the best defense in the NFL by like a country mile, it feels like, in the last like month or two. So this is a potential terrible, terrible situation, not just for people who had Derek Carr, but for people with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller. What do we do with Josh Jacobs against the best run defense in the NFL? Uh, I'm worried about this, you guys. Like, I, I was honestly talking, we're in a championship. Um, I'm in a championship. I co-manage a league with Scott Barrett, and we're thinking about sitting Josh Jacobs, who has, like, been the MVP for us this whole year. <laughs> we're not going to sit him, but, like, the discussion's happening kind of deal. Look, these are problems that people should not have to be dealing with. This pisses me the hell off. You should not have to figure <laughs> out if you should start yeah. the MVP of the fantasy season, most likely, Josh Jacobs, in yeah. your fantasy championship, which is why you're probably in the championship because you have Josh Jacobs. And now he's potentially benchable because he's going to get 15 carries for 30 yards the Jarrett Stidham Raiders. Not only that, I'm kind of worried he's not going to get 15 carries because um, Josh McDaniels, when he announced the Derek Carr benching, he also sort of vaguely alluded to the idea that some veterans are going to quote unquote take a step back. So he didn't name anybody, but he said some veterans are going to take a step back. What do we do with that information? Well, I would just like to take a little victory lap here and, and uh, <laughs> tell everyone you're welcome <laughs> yeah. for the people who. Uh, so oh, we're clamoring my. for Josh Jacobs that I turned them away from. But no, this is a freaking disaster. It's like, it, I think Devontae Adams, you still have to play him. Devontae was a super yeah. professional about it. Obviously, talk about you know record scratch freeze frame he basically left green bank because he was unhappy but also like he was like is rogers gonna stay i'll go with my guy car and then that lasts barely four months so i mean my god this is not what Devonte adams wanted yeah. but i think that you still have to play him because jared stidham if he throws the ball he's thrown to Devonte adams i feel like right, right. well yes. you have to play him but even then but Devonte kind of was also awful the previous three weeks even when Derek Carr was playing <laughs> so i was gonna say he's been terrible so you, for three straight weeks <laughs> that's the thing so i guess i i, I again I think that when in doubt, the, when you're really on the fence about something, the advice I try to always give people is like, imagine you get the decision wrong and then imagine you did the opposite thing and you also got that decision wrong. And in this world, which one makes you feel dumber? Which <laughs> I still think that Devontae Adams on your bench or Josh Jacobs on your bench and them going off will make you feel dumber mm -hmm. than them being in your lineup and, and it going and then playing terribly. But ugh, this is so annoying. It's the regret scale. It's like which 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 player will which decision will bring you the least amount of regret is how you should honestly make every decision in fantasy. Yeah, I think for both Adams and Jacobs, and maybe even Waller a little bit too. Maybe the saving no. grace is just that Stidham is probably not going to be pushing the ball down the field a lot, so maybe he's just like dumping it off to to Jacobs. So maybe Jacobs will have a few extra catches this game. Maybe Waller will have some over the middle. Maybe Devonte Adams they'll do a bunch of screens for him. That kind of shit. Like that's. What I'm hoping for, I guess, and visualizing, because I'm I am going to be starting at least Adams and Jacobs. You're starting both um, Jacobs and Adams. You have to. Yeah, yeah, you, I, uh, yeah. I think you have to because again, can you imagine benching them and them playing? You well? can't overthink it. Literally, there are plenty of running backs who succeed with shitty quarterbacks all the time. The other one also, Loki, is Daniel Carlson, who's been the kicker for the Raiders. Who's if you have him, like he's actually been fantastic for you. And like it's another one you got to play him. But it's like, man, if, he, if it's pretty easy to see the Raiders. Not scoring a touchdown till really late. The real then, biggest loser, Daniel Carlson. Exactly. <laughs> uh, real quick, there's so many other things, but real quick on the car benching, I think I think you're right that uh, this car benching was. It, it's basically if he gets hurt and it lingers in the offseason, his forty million dollars guarantee, so that they mm -hmm. have to own forty million dollars. So they're just making sure he's not hurt, so that they can like kind of wash their hands of it, trade him, whatever. 
And we talked to us in the NFL show. And I just was like, how good is Derek Carr? Like, how good is he? And I was wondering what team he might be on next year. And I love Steven's answer. Steven was basically like, he's not good enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I actually thought was really good. Uh, yeah. And so it's weird because this is the end of the Derek Carr era and the Raiders. And I know that's it's what does that even mean? Like kind of who cares? But I think it's weird that since he entered the league, the Raiders have had the worst EPA per play or just EPA in general expected points added for defense and special teams combined. Like mm. everything that's that Derek Carr's not involved in. They've Man. been the worst team in the entire league. No since support. He the league. So we got, a, but also uh, the flip side though is he's the only quarterback since I have been an adult where opposing defenses have openly questioned his, his toughness. Like I will never forget Joey Bosa before a Monday night game openly being like Derek Carr is soft when you hit him. When you hit him, he goes haywire. And then like oh, he yeah. kind of was and it, like openly questioning quarterback's toughness is wild. And you know what's funny is we're talking to the NFL show. It's when Derek Carr gets hit, he becomes Kunu or Kunu doing the surfing lessons where Jason Siegel's trying to surf. Where Fuck he gets the lemons hit, and we, bail. Yeah, no, no, not even that. It's like you're doing too much. You're doing too little. Now you're not doing anything at all. Now you're not like, doing he anything. Gets hit. He like <laughs> he gets, he becomes Alex Smith because he's just trying to check down and not get hit. Then he gets mad at himself for being Alex Smith and he becomes Carson Wentz. Then he just chucks a pick or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm I'm very interested to see where he ends up. A lot of people doing the photoshops of him in the Indianapolis Colts uniform, which I could absolutely see. I mean, based on what the Colts have done the past four years, that feels the most likely. However, there's a lot of teams yeah. that need quarterbacks. I mean, he could like wherever Tom Brady goes, he could go to the Bucs, he could go to the Jets. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of options. I, I like him on the Jets. I, I I actually think Derek Carr is like very serviceable, and any fan base should be happy to get a quarterback like him in like this summer. Um, if the Steelers got rid of Kenny Pickett for Derek Carr, I wouldn't be upset. Bill really? once said that Kirk Cousins should be like an automatic quarterback who goes to all these teams with terrible quarterbacks for one year and then leaves. Because if you have bad quarterback and get Kirk Cousins for one yeah. year, you'll be happy with him. Derek Carr is right and there. Derek Carr could do that. Kirk Cousins zone. All right. Well, we'll have a lot of Carr. But yeah, so play the Raiders if you got them. Yeah. All right, Deacon, continue with our quarterback Armageddon, please. All right. So the next one here, Tua is in concussion protocol. He suffered a concussion last week midway through the game and then they didn't quite realize it. So this is a scary situation, obviously, for Tua. But in, in terms of going forward for the Dolphins, Teddy Bridgewater is now a starter. And the question becomes, like, two of the top receivers in fantasy all year long, how much do we drop them? I don't think there's any question you're sitting these guys. But obviously, it's not ideal. So no. just bringing up the Tyreek and Waddle thing, you know, as something like how much do we want to downgrade them, if any? What do you guys, how are you guys feeling about this vibes-wise? I feel unconcerned, to be honest. I, I don't think mm. it. I think it's the offense that that drives to uh, Tyreek and Waddle's success more than it is the quarterback. So, and Teddy's extremely serviceable, has kept you know fantasy players afloat in the past. I don't think this true, is a huge true. issue. I would drop these guys like a spot or two at the Patriots. This will be an interesting game, actually. If the Dolphins win out, they're in the playoffs. If the Dolphins lose out, they're out of the playoffs. So. Man, they need to win this game. Also, we should all be rooting against the Patriots because the Patriots are the least fun team to watch maybe in the entire NFL. Right. Uh, they literally might be dead last in terms of do I watch. Even the Texans are more fun to watch than the Patriots. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't want to watch them. In That's the brutal. In the postseason. Uh, all right, next one. Carson Wentz keeps the job for Washington Man. starting over Taylor Heineke. The big question here is the style, like... You know, the style of quarterback that Carson Wentz is, basically, if you look at the, what's happened this season, Carson Wentz has absolutely peppered uh, Curtis Samuel while avoiding Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's target rate 
with Taylor Heineke, 29%. His target rate with Carson Wentz so far this year is about 14%. It's like his production drops off precipitously with Carson Wentz starting. And once Carson Wentz came into the game, only one of his past attempts went to uh, Terry McLaurin out of 16. So this is, I, I feel like we're back to this. Craig, correct me if I'm wrong, but early in the season, weren't you like every time uh, Terry McLaurin catches a pass, it feels like a fucking miracle? Yes, that was like, born we, out of the Wentz to this. quarterback situation. <laughs> we're back to that now. I actually hate this call. I, I think it's lame from the commanders. They were two mm-hmm. and four with Wentz. They're what, five, three, and one or something with Heineke. Heineke embodies the team so much better. He's way grittier. Wentz is so unlikable. Everywhere he goes, he fails. I think this is such a lame decision <laughs> for a team that has a legitimate yeah. shot to make the playoffs and be frisky. And they get rid of the guy who brought them there. I think this is so lame. I I agree. Because you know why Taylor Heineke is that guy that you hate him if he's not on your team, but if he's on your team, he's your guy. Carson Wentz is the guy that actually everyone hates him on your team, <laughs> not on your team. Everyone hates this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This I I, I really uh, this is a terrible move, in my opinion. I think for fantasy, I actually think considering all the upheaval this week, Jahan Dotson mm-hmm. is actually one of the safer plays. Uh, because when Carson Wentz was playing, I mean he's been great with Taylor Heineke the last few weeks, but when Carson Wentz was playing, Jahan Dotson started his career with like four touchdowns or three touchdowns first two games because Wentz is just like chucking it up and Dotson's like excellent at the 50-50 balls. And so I think Wentz, Dotson's fine. Curtis Samuel's playable. I'm not as excited about that. Dude, Terry McLaurin is like three notches below Devontae where we're like, you should probably play him. However, if you want to bench Terry, I completely understand. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams out there that I think actually do have better options. Um, or at least somewhat similar options. And this to me is like the the tiebreaker. There's I have at least one league where I'm benching him. It's it's just as long as you know that you're being too cute and you need to Maybe be prepared a little bit for cute. like yeah. hating yourself. It's not insane. It's just out there. This is but, against Cleveland yeah. too, which has been a bit of a run funnel, like right? Like wouldn't I would not be surprised if if Brian Robinson just has a massive game because it sounds yeah. like Antonio Gibson's hurt. He hasn't practiced as of Thursday. This is a, probably going to be a big week for Brian Robinson. It wouldn't surprise me too much if if the pass catchers didn't do a whole lot in this game. So we'll see. I agree. I completely agree. Okay. Uh, the one ray of sunshine in this. This is cloud a good thing. Darkness. We wanted to you know throw this in because there's going to be a few more that we're not feeling great about here. <laughs> Mike White, yeah, is back for the Jets, which is good for everyone. Immeasurably good for everyone. Um, obviously. You know, with uh, with Zach Wilson in there, this offense completely like just falls apart. Every time any other quarterback literally off the street comes in, the offense starts humming again. Like he is the ultimate cooler for fantasy, for for real life football, all that. So it's just good to see Mike White back. He's he's more aggressive down the field. He's willing to let it rip in the middle of the field. He just knows what he's looking at. He can you know dissect a defense a lot better than Zach Wilson was. I don't think he's you know an elite quarterback by any means but he definitely you know facilitates fantasy production they they have passed way way more with him under center so that's this is great again zach wilson is d from it's always sunny and they're like a monkey could do your job and then they replace d with a monkey so and they replace zach wilson with chris strevler (laughs) and he starts marching down the field literally anyone could do this dude the 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 splits are staggering if you look at garrett wilson without mike white and with zach wilson (laughs) It's yeah. it's embarrassingly bad. So this is great for Garrett Wilson. Um, the running back situation, I think, is better. Zonovan Knight has had a much higher target rate when Mike White is in there because he's just willing to chuck it down. Like he's 
Mike White is like one of the best at just checking it down. And he just keeps like keeps the gears moving kind of deal in the offense. Um, and then I think Elijah Moore becomes sort of like a flexible option in this just because he's been a lot better with Mike White. And they're so, playing Seattle um, in Seattle. So th this yeah. could kind of be like a secret fun fantasy matchup where a lot of guys go off. Tyler Lockett's supposed to be back. Yep. Uh, all all right. right. Next up. Colt McCoy is back for Arizona. Actually, this is a, another good one. This is I think kind of are, enormous well, for DeAndre it, yeah. Hopkins. It's it's worse that Kyler's gone. <laughs> right. And then you were mad that Kyler was out. Yeah. But then it got so much worse that you were like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's it's, it's honestly yeah, George Barely. I'm like, yeah. I, I like the life I had before. <laughs> yeah, so this is great news for DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown. Um I don't know if it changes anything for James Conner because he's just going to get all the carries and all the targets anyway. Um, but yes, it's good for the offense overall. They're playing Atlanta. Um, so in theory, they could score some points in this game. But I, I'm feeling a lot better about DeAndre Hopkins this week than I was last week. And, and that's I, the short of it. The other thing about DeAndre Hopkins, if you're at, any gun shy at all about playing DeAndre Hopkins, the one thing I'll say is there are certain receivers like Terry McLaurin who are fine not getting the ball. I love DeAndre Hopkins. He's got an amazing story. I will say, I don't think there's a single receiver in the NFL more comfortable demanding the football before, <laughs> during, and after the game than Hopkins. And Colt McCoy didn't stick around the NFL for like 12 years by like not being a smart guy. So he knows where Hopkins his bread is buttered. Yeah. Play Hopkins. I don't I know he was awful last week. Play DeAndre Hopkins. I think the question is Marquise Brown, who was really good before Hopkins came back and they got hurt. He's fine. I'm nervous but, about him. I'm sitting him if I don't have to play him. Um, yeah, I think he's good, yeah. and I think he there. There were some rumors. I don't know if it was confirmed anywhere, but there's some rumors that he like missed a practice or missed. A, it was late for a meeting last week, and so he didn't play quite as many snaps last week as we were expecting. But that's kind of I don't know. Like he's a little bit he's a little bit boomer bust. You know, that's just kind of who he is as a player. And so like, if I have a better option or if I have a similar option, I'm I'm playing that option over Marquise Brown this week. Yeah, we have him just outside of our top 36 in our ranking. He's our wide receiver 37, which feels right. It's also why Craig wasn't on the uh, NFL draft show yesterday. You see, late for a meeting, and it's like, you know what? <laughs> they cut me. I was hanging out with Marquise. <laughs> You're we had to teach here. him a lesson. Well, there, see, he's back. Don't overrate it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, next up, this is going back to the bad stuff. Nick Foles is... The, Jeff Saturday sticking with Nick Foles after all that. I don't know what's going on with this quarterback situation in Indy. Not much, really. Um... But Nick Foles was unbelievably bad in this last game. Horrific. He completed 17 passes for 143 yards with three picks. Jelani Woods was the leading receiver with 43 yards. 
Michael uh, Pittman is a really, really, it's the hardest decision that I think that we've talked about today. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think. Well, here's the thing. If you're not going to play him, you might as well cut Michael Pittman. You know what I mean? That's crazy to say, but it's like, if you're, if you've decided in your head, like, I can't play this guy, just let him go. I mean, there's only one week left, so it doesn't really matter. But I, I, I actually think that if you kind of can dig deep into the waiver wire, like I would start just going through like a guy like Josh Palmer, like Isaiah Hodgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe George yeah, Pickens. Yeah. I think I'm starting to all those guys over Michael Pittman, man. What a what a down year for him. I'm, if they get a quarterback, <laughs> if Derek Carr goes to Indy, I'm going to be so back on Michael Pittman. <laughs> it, it, it was upset. The entire Colts offense collapsed because Pittman's like the poster before it. But don't forget the first month when Jonathan Taylor he had a good first week, and then the next month, like weeks two through six, he was like outside the top thirty running backs. Like the offense imploded in a way. Like I don't think we gave too much credence to like how the offensive line, the running game, the pass protection, everything just imploded under Matt Ryan and how cooked he was and everything has been a disaster ever since. So yeah, Pittman, I kind of look at him with like in a non health way, similar to Marquise Brown, where it's like, you can play him if you have no better options, but do you really want to go down with this ship? No. And I, the short answer for me is no, you'll feel like an idiot after go. just having watched yeah. it on national television last week, Foles collapse and, and, Pittman do nothing against a Chargers secondary that's, you know, not that formidable. I don't know. You know why, as we were just saying, you know what rule this violates playing Michael Pittman? Every time Michael Pittman gets the ball. Miracle. <laughs> feels like a goddamn miracle. I'm going to make my miracle okay. rankings next August. <laughs> we should do miracle rankings. Oh, that's man. pretty good. Uh, uh, the, oh, we could do a scale, a scale of miracles, too. Wow, the miracle scale, one to ten. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Well, like like when you like when you're driving, like one is like you're driving home late at night and you don't know if you can get a parking spot. Boom, right in front of your building. And ten is like <laughs> I don't know. I guess you know Easter. Ten is like Nick Foles throws <laughs> for shroud of Turin. Nick Foles just yes. threads one to Michael Pittman in the corner of an end zone. That's a ten. Exactly. Just eight Hanukkah, obviously. But yeah, that's good actually. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have miracles for the miracle scale. We'll do that later. All right, and then there's more. I, I, this is not I, news necessarily, but like it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to play again this week, which is not great news for the uh, Ravens offense at large. Um, you know, Mark Andrews has really struggled of late. The run game. It's hard to predict what's going on with this run game because Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and they even got Justice Hill a little bit involved this last week. Dobbins, I think, is still just up and down in terms of like his overall health. And Gus Edwards has looked like the best running back so far on this team right now. So I don't know what to do with any of this offense, to be totally honest with you. I don't really trust Huntley either. This is also a miracle game. Uh, you know, it, Mark Andrews is like if Michael Pittman were a tight end. <laughs> and like right. the difference is tight end is such a bad position. And Mark Andrews is so talented. You're like, well, I got to roll the dice in Mark Andrews. But here's the thing. When Mark Andrews has had Tyler Huntley at quarterback, He's basically just been Kate Otten for the Bucks. Like it's uh, he, just, he literally is averaging three catches a game for 36 yards a game. That's like rough. He's basically like Mark Andrews, I think, would be the second or third best tight end on the Lions in the last month with Tyler Huntley. And so again, behind one of the Zilstra brothers. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Cut Mark Andrews and play Shane Zilstra? No. Are you gonna cut Mark Andrews and play Kate Otten? Absolutely not. Should are you, you play Gerald Everett over it? Mark Andrews? No. Gerald Everett literally play, like, had zero points last week. Just I know. But 
I do think Mark. I mean, we have him outside of top ten. The problem is, is that like waiver the waiver wire right now for tight ends is not good. So you don't even have, like everybody. It's already solidified. Everybody has two tight ends because tight end is such a wasteland every year. Everybody has their starter and a backup already on their roster. So if you're not thrilled with Mark Andrews and you want to try and dig into the waiver wire, there's like nobody you can add that you can actually make the case to start over him. So you're probably just going well, to. Well, I think that the question is, people who are available, Evan Ingram. There's no way Evan Ingram is available. He's gone. There's no he's way. way gone. No, but he's not gone. But like you might have added him. Yes. Oh, if like, you have so, a backup on your team who's been good, obviously. But I'm saying like. But I'm saying if you don't have Tyler somebody, Higby, you're it, Tyler Higby. Yeah, Higby's not available. Example. Yeah. Well, Heifetz, you brought up Evan Ingram, which is a good segue because I'm a little worried about how much Evan Ingram is going to play. This is the op- this is the ominous threat of teams resting starters this week. This is the kind of bullshit you have to deal with late in the season when so I think there's a very very slight chance the Jags could this game could be meaningful for the Jags. Otherwise it's like basically week 18 uh it's Jags versus Titans, winner goes to playoffs. Like there's a very small chance that if the Jags win this week they could still get into the playoffs with like a wild card spot based on a bunch of other shit that has to happen the next two weeks. But the bottom line is we're not 100% sure that the Jags are going to play their starters for the full game or kind of play it safe, get these guys healthy, all that stuff. So Evan Ingram, despite the fact that he's been like legitimately one of the best tight ends in the NFL over the last month, if not the best in fantasy, you know, we're. I think I'm still a little bit like not worried necessarily, but there's just a seed of doubt in the back of my mind that he's like even going to play the whole game. So the Jaguars, let, I want to come back to the Jaguars, but I want to start with the Titans. So again, you're listening to Friday. Stuff's already happened. Right. But it's worth talking about because the Titans, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. The Titans have basically kind of already packed up and mailed it in for Thursday night because they have this bizarre, bizarrely rare situation where their second to last game of the season for Tennessee is meaningless mm-hmm. because the only thing that matters is if the Titans win against Jacksonville in their final game of the season, they're yeah. in the playoffs and win the division. And if they lose against Jacksonville the next week, they are out of the playoffs. And so they literally are based, they shut down Derrick Henry, which again, if you have Derrick Henry, what an Sucks. epically bad beat. Yeah. So you have Derrick Henry in the finals and they're like, yeah, well, we just don't need him this week. We're going to play him next week. That's literally the opposite. It's supposed to be week 18 where guys are getting benched. That's crazy. And then Malik Willis is not even starting. I don't know if that's because Mike Vrabel hates Mike Malik Willis. I, at f- my first thought was that, but honestly, they're playing Josh Jobs. He's been there for two weeks. Yeah, He's right. like barely, he's thrown like 20 passes in his life. I kind of think they're buttoning up Malik Willis to get practice him for this game in two weeks. So that's bizarre. If you have a Titans, that's such a bad beat. I, I, obviously, the Titans already played, so this doesn't help you. For the right. Jags, though, there's a huge difference to me between literally no benefit to playing in week 17 and 100% of the benefit week 18, which is the Titans situation. Even the 6% chance that Jacksonville has, I think matters a great deal for their competitiveness. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I'm still starting Evan Ingram to be clear, but I think it's just a little bit worrisome. Doug Peterson did come out and say, <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. You play to win every game. The only way I rest players is if they're hurt and can't go. So... That's moderately like reassuring. Um, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. I think they're all goes, but this is something that we've been like sort of worrying about this week. Lawrence too, yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence obviously too, yeah. 
Yeah, I think the Jaguars also, quite frankly, have been playing too well to bench those guys. So uh, I, I think they're going to roll. The other thing that the other one that I'm monitoring this week that is a little bit worrisome is the Chargers situation. So the Chargers have clinched clinched a playoff berth, and they'll either be the five, six, or seven seed. So there's not like a lot at stake here. And Austin Eckler banged up his knee in this last game. He's been limited, I believe, in practice this week. So there's this worry that not only will Derrick Henry be not playing this week, but Austin Eck- the, the Chargers might sit Austin Eckler this week just to get him healthy for next week. So to wrap this all up, three of the top five fantasy <laughs> running backs this week, Josh Jacobs, Austin cool. Eckler, and Derrick Henry, might two of them just straight up might not play, and the other one is playing with Jarrett Stidham on a team that essentially said we give up. So yeah. I hope everybody's happy. This is, this is the Shooter McGavin. <laughs> this man is ruining golf. I hate all of this. I can't believe this is not how it's supposed to be. People are starting yeah. Hassan Haskins and figuring out if they should play Devontae Adams in their championship. Every running back is questionable because you don't know if their team is in a meaningless game or not. Should should fantasy just end at week week 16 now? Like, I want to remove I think so. any possibility that this happens. So maybe, I guess it's now two weeks where teams start to bench players because it doesn't matter. So maybe we just move everything up to week 16. I think, uh, so here's the thing. The short answer is no. Why? Because the NFL has made, because the bye weeks go till week 14. That's also so like, Well, that's stupid too. <laughs> Can we, but as long as we're complaining, we got to change that it, shit too. The, I think in the long-term history of the NFL, this 17-game stretch will kind of be like this weird, it's like the bridge quarterback of scheduling where they had the 16-game thing forever and they wanted to go to 18. And so now we're caught flat-footed in like, how long are they going to do 17 games for? Probably five, 10 years, and then they're going to go to 18. But like, I think that they're already scheduling buys to kind of prep for like an eight, like an 18 game season. But we're kind of caught where it's like, if the buys go to week 14, you can't have buys in the playoffs, man. Like you cannot get to the playoffs. And then, you know, you're starting quarterback, you're starting running back around by and you have to replace them. And then you lose the playoffs. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's absolutely ridiculous. We've already kind of gone away from, I think the format a lot of people liked because of this of like four week playoff and you play someone for two weeks and then you play a championship in two weeks. And like people like that. And that's already dead because of the bye week thing. If you move the, the finals a week up, then what are you going to do playoff wise? You either have buys mm-hmm. in the playoffs or have a two week system. Like it's terrible. Have fewer teams in the playoffs. Yeah, two week playoff. Or I don't know, man. Like to be honest, at least you can plan around knowing that your player is going to be on bye in week 14. Like at the very least, you can at least say that. <laughs> you can't plan yeah. on the Raiders benching Derek Carr in week 17. And now Josh Jacobs is irrelevant. So. Here's the here's the thing. On one hand, I think weird stuff happens all the time. I will say this. Kevin Clark has uh, talked about this for a couple of years. The elimination, the reason that we're in this situation is like, I mean, the reason that fantasy originally cut off that last week of the season was it felt like it formally happened because the Colts kept getting a top seed yeah, in the right. AFC so often that Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison became like irrelevant in the fantasy championship. And people were like, we got to stop this. We're not doing <laughs> week, the final week of the season anymore. And so now the NFL has obviously added two spots to the playoffs. And then that team, the new team plays the two seed. And now instead of four teams getting a bye, it's in the playoffs, it's just two. The problem that this has inadvertently created, what the NFL wanted other than just another playoff game to make money they also were hoping it would make the end of the season more competitive because they actually also kind of wanted fewer teams you know resting players more teams competing for the playoffs i think what this has actually done 
is it's completely removed the difference between a lot of these seats. Exactly. Like teams don't 100%. care. When you're yes. locked in to a, like the Niners. There's only one shot buy. at one. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, you're either just playing for home field. And so in the Chargers situation, they're on the road. They don't care. Yeah. Like, does it really matter? Well, I don't this know. Is like I, an, it feels like an unintended unintended consequence of like I mean if the Chargers are the five yeah. seed they get to play Tennessee or Jacksonville and if they're the six seed they have to play the Bengals so I it, it does matter a little bit but in general I think your point is right teams now because there's so many teams that make the playoffs and so little that are on buys so many teams are now know earlier than they normally would if they're in or not and now they can just like take their foot off the gas for the final two weeks of the season and Kevin's talked about how McVay and got your, your brother Sean McVay yeah. I think this is accurate. Increasingly look at the playoffs like March Madness. And if you, I mean, honestly, last year's playoffs, I think were the perfect example of that. The Bengals were a flawed team that played good, great defense that had two like otherworldly stars. You just got to get hot. Kind of just take over. Yeah. And it's like they were absolutely blistering hot for that playoff run. And they almost won the freaking Super Bowl. Like people, I think people underrate actually how Aaron Donald stopped. Like the Bengals were probably going to score. On that last drive. I think it's almost underrated how close the Bengals actually did come to winning that Super Bowl. But I don't know. I think it's strange. I, I don't. I hate buys in the playoffs, but I will admit that this is a problem. But, like yeah. Derrick Henry just I, I don't think any of us ever anticipated teams benching players for week six for week 17 to keep them healthy for week 18. But I don't know if we'll see it again either. The NFL needs what? to help yeah. us out. The NFL has, the fantasy football has given so much to the NFL. They make every boring, random Thursday night game relevant because people have Dude, their fantasy 100%. players. Like, yeah. it's it's a small portion, but it is a portion of why the NFL is so successful, I feel like, is fantasy fucking football. And now it's ruined everybody's championship weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. infuriating. I don't know. So they just uh, got, they got to get rid of week fourteen uh, buys. I know. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I, I here. Yeah. There's a flip side we're not discussing here, which is, is this actually great? Because now, if you win, you still feel like a champion. But if you lose, yeah, excuse. <laughs> Built think of in. all the things you can blame. Built-in hedge. So yeah. many. How nice is that? All the championships that I'm like, I'm not. I'm only in one of them. But the championships in my leagues, when you look at them, they're so lopsided this year. It's like the Peyton Manning, Rex Grossman Super Bowl. It's not even fun. <laughs> there's like teams where it's like, there's like a 25 point difference in the projections. Everything yeah. is screwed up. Yeah, but last week, all those teams lost. Like if you look, you, last week, if you had had the player, like the Broncos were like one, unanimously a top one or two ranked defense and ever. You know what I mean? Like McCaffrey had like a fine day. Tyreek Hill, like you could, Justin Fields, you could build a roster last week of just guys ranked in the top three at their position that like you would have lost. I think it would have been like the lowest scoring guy in your league. I think we're also upset. It's kind of just all piling on at once because the weather of the last two weeks really screwed a lot of things up. Now this weird week 17 situation where like the Jags and Titans don't have to play players and like the Chargers might sit Austin Eckler, the Derek Carr thing is like kind of abnormal. It's been a really bizarre last three weeks and it's really tossed a massive wrench in fantasy. No one cares about and on us. On that note, on that note, talk about history repeating. <laughs> no I think the playoffs. cares about us? <laughs> no one cares. But the last year, Justin Jackson was like a league tilting player because he just replaced Austin Eckler when he had COVID last year and just had 30 points in the playoffs. I will say, I think Austin Eckler plays in this game. I also don't think Austin Eckler gets his normal workload. If you have Eckler, you're playing him. I actually think Josh Kelly's a super fine flex. Like, if you want to add Josh Kelly and you have, like, other awful options, I wouldn't say play Josh Kelly over Michael Pittman, but I would not blink an eye. I would not bat an eyelash if Josh Kelly outscored Michael Pittman this week. I would put it that way. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying do that, but you can think about I'm it. I'm taking a very fatalistic approach to this week. I'm just like, eh, like, I don't care what happens. It's like nihilism or whatever. It's just like, I, I feel like I'm going to lose. That, gonna, I think that's just DK's approach to everything now. <laughs> don't you? It's just my emotional hedging, I think, really. I don't care. I don't fucking care. DK's whatever. just like driving on the other side of the road now. He's like, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. DK hasn't worn a seatbelt in 10 years. He's like, there's no traffic on the other side of the road. Who cares? If it's fate, it's fate, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now that we're done. Actually, no, I'll complain about something else. Uh, <laughs> we usually give uh, the weird flex, but okay award mm -hmm. to a player. I just want to quickly shout out and give this award to an actual game because Sun NBC flexed Raven Steelers to Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Dude, the Tyler Huntley Ravens. <laughs> Why are we doing Who are this? the playoff team in this situation against the Steelers who are like literally alive, but it's more like haven't been eliminated than they are like, you know, it's. it's what was the game before? It was Rams Chargers. And they uh -huh. had to get out of Rams Chargers. Ironically, that game would be more interesting now that they blew out the Broncos, but they had to get out of it because the Rams looked awful. People love Baker Mayfield. Well, you baby. need a you need like a you need two teams alive for the playoffs. That's essentially what you need. So the problem was mm. Packers Vikings would have made more sense, but CBS protected it. Bucks Panthers would have been disgusting. Somehow Fox protected it, so they wouldn't. It's kind of like keepers or Thank something. Thank God we don't like have to watch that draft. Oh my God. So CBS was or sorry NBC had to pick between like Pats Dolphins. And Raven Steelers, and my God, I, I guess don't make me watch the Patriots. My eyes will bleed. But I just think it's crazy that two weeks to go in the season, and like we're going to be watching Kenny Pickett versus Tyler Huntley, and they got to choose that. So <laughs> weird flex, indeed. It's going to be a battle. Pitt's still alive. Baltimore has just been winning every week by like three in the ugliest game imaginable. I can't believe yeah. that team is ten five and one. No, <laughs> or ten they're and five. Get, they're the easiest like fade on wildcard weekend I've ever seen. Um, all right, next here, I did want to mention if things didn't weren't bleak enough, all of the teams that are actually playing their starters, a lot of them are banged up this week. A lot of guys that you've been relying on all year are banged up. A lot of difficult decisions, uh, a lot of questionable tags. Tyler Lockett's coming back from the finger. You know, I don't love a receiver getting surgery like a week ago on his hand and you relying right. on him in your championship. That's something you got to deal with. Aaron Jones has this knee issue. He really hasn't been playing much like uh, in December. He's playing like under 50% of snaps last week. Uh, he hasn't looked good, but he's probably going to play. Uh, you know, another guy like Alvin Kamara has been pretty bad in the second half of the season. He had a good week last week, but, you know, weather played a role in that. He actually missed this week for personal reasons. People don't know or mispracticed on Wednesday for personal reasons. And Thursday. Yeah, and it, people are thinking because he's mad about not playing on third downs. So that's not a great situation. Oh, geez. You have Amari yeah. Cooper who's in battle in his hip injury, and he's been terrible with Deshaun Watson, but... In general, he's been pretty good this year. You have Ramondre Stevenson and Kenneth Walker both battling ankle injuries. Ramondre had that one great game, but other than that, he's been horrible in December. It's a really, really tough sledding for a lot of these guys that have been starting for you all year. <laughs> it's been such a depressing pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantasy increasingly feels like like Star Wars when they're like, how do you navigate an asteroid field? Man, and never, everybody never has amnesia. The odds. Didn't you, yeah. Did you guys listen to Bill and Sal from this week? Like, I swear, every single person I know says, why do we play fantasy football every yeah. December? <laughs> My brother. Not everyone. Text, nine why do we ten do this to ten, ourselves? Nine out of ten yeah. or eleven out of twelve wins. people, yeah. But man, it's like, wow, this is great. We all do it. It's always like week 14. Your team is like decimated by injuries. You lose by like <laughs> 50 in a game. And you're like, man, this just ruined my Sunday. Fuck this. 
Your spouse is mad at you because you're like yelling at the TV and you're. Uh. <laughs> that yeah. was like Craig having a bunch of like vague things. And then that at the end sounded super personal. No, I'm, I'm like not married yet. See, so it's not about me. If I said fiance is mad at you. Mm. Yeah. Dead giveaway. Clearly yeah. somebody Flex. different. <laughs> Flex. <laughs> All right. Don't try and turn this around on us, Heifetz. Come on. Yeah, dude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys want to do an email? Let's do an email. All right, this one's from Michael. Michael. Mike. Gentlemen, in our 12-team league, we do scoring out to two decimal places. And for the mm -hmm. first time in the history of our 20-year league, we have a tie in the playoffs. Wow. A tie in the semifinal. Such if playoffs or not, they've never had a tie in any situation. And as a result, we have no tiebreakers. Because it's never happened. He says it's a dereliction of duty for a commissioner, but here sure. we are. The commission's solution has been to just replay the week in, se in week 17 and then postpone the championship to week 18. Horrific what? idea. Fire that commissioner now. <laughs> yes. What are we talking about? So, Can we impeach him? <laughs> Make a bad situation worse. As if, so, as if okay. you didn't have to deal with enough players and teams benching their starters. Let's wait one more week. <laughs> well, the most unbelievable part of this email is that because obviously people were like, you know, trying to impeach the commissioner, calling the commissioner corrupt. The mm. commissioner, they actually got to make fun of the commissioner. They got a cameo from Tim Donaghy. Oh, boy. The NBA referee. <laughs> at he the knows heart something of the NBA, about like the <laughs> corruption. Yeah. And so they got a video, a cameo, $40.99 for Tim Donaghy, bizarre number. And they got a <laughs> cameo of Tim Donaghy defending the commissioner. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what his going rate is. It's less than it used to make. But Tim Donaghy literally just they did this cameo, and Tim Donaghy's like, hey, commissioner, you're doing great. None of this is shady. <laughs> oh my I don't God. think anything was hidden under the rug. I think you're doing great. You know, just plow on. You know, nothing, nothing to see here which I thought was incredible. Uh, <laughs> so shout out Tim Donaghy, $40.99 for a cameo. Isn't that weird? Have you ever seen anything priced like that in your life? It's $39.99 or $40. 41, 41 just 40 sounds like too much. No, no yeah. one is having, no, no one is upset about paying 41 versus 40. That's not, a, that's not like <laughs> what changes your mind, you know? Right. Do you think when people were like approaching Tim Donaghy to like maybe throw NBA games that he asked for a number and they were like, why did that? What a strange number to ask. So I have a solution. Do you, got, what, do you guys have like tiebreaker rules that you and your leagues like to use? I think, so Michael, Overall score from the season is a good tiebreaker. Yeah, so head to head. Overall points for record. Michael suggested a couple ones. I kind of thought his ideas were dumb. I think the easiest answer is the bench. <laughs> Whoever's bench scored more should win. That's it. I, w I would do something that's forward-looking that requires both managers to then to compete again to show off, you know, how skilled they are. I think they should have to do a daily fantasy lineup for, like, the Thursday night game and the winner moves on. That's a fun idea. I like that one. That is actually a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Because I like the idea of... 
it's no fun to be like, well, Andrew scored more points, so he's in. I mean, it's just it's so deflating. Like it takes all fun and competition out. That's a very I think you're fun right idea. about. I think I like that's that. a really good idea. That's actually perfect, Craig. You know why? The other, the only other forward-looking option, because I think putting pushing off the championship a week is ridiculous. You think we're mad about week seventeen? Imagine week eighteen. But the it, the other only other forward-looking option is to say, well, whoever's lineup does better, they advance, and then they they play the. But that screws over the guy who won the other one. Like he has to play two teams and hope he beats both. Oh, like, I see. Ridiculous. Like you have both teams play in week 17. Three. Whichever team yeah. was better is the one that qualifies for the championship yeah. happening at the same week. Yeah. Yeah. And the, exactly. But I think you're right. Cause the other options, it's like, uh, we invented a tiebreaker. It already happened. You lost. It's pretty deflating. That's, awful. that's actually perfect. The Thursday night. Well, what's tough so is the, unfortunately the is, this, this podcast is coming out on Friday. So there is no <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we can email him back. Email no, I'll email him back. Email email email. Okay. No, I'll email him. That's, you better hurry. Yeah, we only have, we're recording. It's one o'clock p.m. Pacific right now on Thursday. Got four hours to get this shit done. <laughs> Isn't that fun, though? I think that's a really good wrinkle. Yes. And another idea, in addition to this, is just bet on a different sport. Is anything else going on right now? There's like bowl games and bowl shit games. happening. But I like that yeah. it's it, it, like this still just tests out your fantasy football skills. Yes. It's like, all I right, like you, you both have $10,000. Pick a daily fantasy lineup. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how invested you would be in that fucking football game? This awful Titans-Cowboys game you are going to be so locked Dude. in. And someone's like, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Josh Julius Dobbs Chestnut. is my MVP of this game. Noah Brown yeah. is going to catch a touchdown in like the fourth quarter. It's going to change everything. Good oh, God. my God. That's incredible. What would your DFS lineup be in a head-to-head -head where one of the teams is Josh Dobbs? Not Josh Dobbs. I mean, I guess you just do all Cowboys. <laughs> you you honestly probably do. And the the winning team is going to be like Hassan Haskins. Whichever random Dallas wide receiver catches the touchdown. If you get that pick correct, you win probably. It's true. Wow. Good idea, well, Craig. I like that. God's that is a good one. All right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully they did it. Uh, that's incredible. All right. Craig, do you want to give a programming update for the next few weeks? Yeah, sure. So, so next week we're going to be coming back with a Monday show. We'll wrap up, you know, the fantasy regular season. We'll give awards out just like we typically do on Mondays. There's no waivers because week 18. And then the fantasy rewatchables on Wednesday next week. We're going to continue with our NFL draft show, which is on Thursdays. And then following that, uh, we'll be coming at you for two shows a week. One to wrap up playoffs and one to talk NFL draft. So twice a week through January. And then we'll see what happens after that. Boom. Sweet. And also while... Craig's giving programming updates. I want to give an update. Craig sent us Christmas gifts to DK and I. Yeah. Like a week ago. Nice young man. And Cress, Cress, Craig kept asking us when you the packages came. call me Cress. That's fine. And Whatever you want. Cress. Yeah. Watercress. <laughs> uh, and, and Craig kept being like, uh, it might go bad. It might expire. And we were like, what the hell are you I sending? I think it was human like, flesh because Craig's really. Yeah, I said you guys puppies. Right I forgot to poke holes in the boxes. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. I already have a puppy. I can't handle another one. It finally arrived. Yeah. And Craig sent us banana bread that he made. Yeah. Which, if you heard earlier this year, Craig actually revealed that he bakes all the time. Well, not all the time, but DK was baffled. I, like, <laughs> randomly mentioned, I was telling some story, and I mentioned that I was, made banana bread, and DK was confounded by that. He was like, you bake? And I was like, yeah, sometimes. And I said, you know, the key to my keeping my banana bread moist and delicious is Greek yogurt. And I mix in dark chocolate with, I do like two thirds dark chocolate, one third milk. Cause I think too much milk is like too sugary. Mm. Um, and yeah, 
I was nervous though, because so I, I had to mail this shit to Washington, D.C. and to Seattle. <laughs> and obviously, weather this week has been a disaster. So both got delayed. Oh my God. I was terrified yeah. it was going to go bad. But luckily, you know, the bomb cyclone was cold enough to keep this banana bread cold in transit. And it showed up to Hyvitz's place today. And it, it seems to have held up. <laughs> Hyvitz so, was eating it during the He's pod, eating it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally eating it. Yeah. If there's like weird sounds I made during this pod, it's because I was eating chewing. It. It's so good. I, I got to tell you, if it sucked or was stale, I would tell you. Okay. It's phenomenal. It, I, I'm sad to report that your week old banana bread you mailed from literally 3,000 miles away was much better than mine. <laughs> Fresh out that, the like, oven. I had just come out of the <laughs> oven. Uh, I can't believe how moist it is. The dark chocolate yeah. is a phenomenal touch. It's a much more like rich complex yeah. than like just the regular semi-sweet. I don't know what the hell the Greek yogurt does, but that actually works. It's This is, a, this is incredible. I'm very impressed. Thank you. And my girlfriend, Flex, uh, Flex. was also very impressed. DK's Flex. was delayed. Apologies. I haven't gotten mine yet, for the record. It should I, be here today. Be I would be showering you with compliments, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Don't I'm give excited. any to George. Not supposed to have chocolate. <laughs> it's so good. Wow. No, Greg, I'm very no, impressed. You're a man of many talents. Thank you. All right. Merry Christmas. We all... <laughs> this look got DK the big hat from Brian Robinson. It never got... I know. It arrived. Oh my we god! That would have been Brian amazing. Robinson big hat. I'm so upset. It was a number one <laughs> dad what big hat. With that. <laughs> I gotta figure out what happened oh, with that. Man. Oh, they owe me money. Oh my god! <laughs> Just a bunch of like mail. Ugh, whatever. I feel like there's All been right. multiple times we've tried to mail each other sports paraphernalia, and it's just not worked. We tried to mail. <laughs> we tried to mail Craig a San Diego State. Jersey. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, right? Kawhi, Leonard. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. And it just never we have a, got lost in the mail. We have a Trace Mc, <laughs> yeah, we have a Trace McSorley like completion percentage on our game. There's, there's some guy right now driving around what a FedEx fuck? truck wearing a Kawhi Leonard jersey. Well, I learned later what happened, which was the jersey was made in China and I ordered it in very late December of 2019. Ah, just like right so before the I, pandemic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there were, yeah, I, I, it, it made sense. That never arrived. <laughs> never got the money back though. So, all right. Thank you for the banana bread, Craig. Thank you also for, you know, the pod stuff. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Lorne. Lord. Thank you, Bob Marley, which is what I'm going to be listening to the next few days to calm my nerves. Your fatalist mentality. I don't know. Bob Marley doesn't mix with that, DK. You got to lean in. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing's going to be okay. All right. This conflicts with your whole mood, though. Either you got to lean in full nihilism. change it. All right. What's a, what's a nihilistic yeah, wh music What's genre? the opposite of Bob Marley music? <laughs> <laughs> Like the most stressful, like like Slipknot. I don't know. <laughs> Slipknot. I don't actually know what Slipknot sounds like, to be honest. I can picture what's it. What's that? Uh, what's that Interstellar music where he's trying to like align the spaceship? Yeah, just Hans Zimmer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the, just like the Whoa. soundtrack to like Apocalypse Now. Yeah, um, yes. <laughs> just something that's super depressing. Or no, what's the what's there's a there's a main song from the movie Platoon. <laughs> that is just like so depressing. Just Vietnam War music. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually like it's like a classical music score that is just like makes you want to cry. But anyway, that's what I'll be listening to. L no, you know what it is? Listen to the Sarah McLaughlin song on those commercials about adopting dogs. <laughs> the dog god. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, dude. In the arms Have you guys of seen an angel? <laughs> no, just, that, that's yeah. that, that's the last your, song I think I've listened to desk. ever. On your deathbed, just play it's that. the last song off. I want to hear on the planet. Here it is, Adagio for Strings. That's the name Can of the song. Can we play that? There's no way they have the copyright on this. That no, story, that, right? this is for the Platoon soundtrack. Okay. That I'm talking about. I haven't seen Platoon in a while. I don't remember the song. 
I'm excited to find out whether we actually got this music in the podcast or not. We'll see. We'll get sued for Christmas. <laughs> Congratulations. Here's a lawsuit from Mariah Carey. Uh, Christmas Green. Have you guys seen that commercial, though, for Kroger? That's like the claymation, like the like the grandfather, and there's like a recipe, and they're making it, and it's, it, it, it's like the beginning of Up, but it's a Kroger commercial. No. I haven't seen it. I've never seen oh a my God. commercial in my life. I was crying. I hadn't either. It, was, it started, they played it during the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade, and they played it again during the NFL Games of Christmas. People, emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. I know other people know what I'm talking about. This commercial actually made me cry. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> just straight out of Dumb and Dumber. They literally just ripped out the plot, the beginning of Up and just made it a commercial. <laughs> Works every time. Old people like doing things wistfully never fails. Anything that makes you realize that one day you will be old and feel loss, tough. That's is this how marketing works? Is this how advertising works? That's why I only watch high school comedies. I think advertising makes you feel young, like you'll live forever and you need things. Until you realize that everything they're selling you actually makes you age quicker. God damn. Should that be my hottest take? Buying things makes you happy? Material things are good. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> Money can buy you happiness. Money absolutely. If buys you keep happiness. buying things, if you just never stop, you'll never feel sad. Yeah, that brief <laughs> high <laughs> will just last forever. If you just keep buying iPads and PS5s. Exactly. <laughs> when you start to feel sad, just buy stop. something else. Craig, what's the deal with Babylon? You said you're only tweeting about Babylon. I love it. I fucking love it. What is that? The Damien Chazelle movie. With old Hollywood. I am obsessed with old Hollywood. It's a it's a three hour and like ten minute absolute gauntlet of debauchery and <laughs> drugs and partying. And it's also just one of the most like daring movies anyone's made in the last 10 years. And I, I, I loved wow. it. I have to watch that. It is so bold and self-indulgent and cocky. And I was a huge fan of it. I'm a big Damien Chazelle guy. I like La La Land. I like Whiplash. Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. You know what this movie's missing? Me. Anthony Hopkins. I knew you were going to say this. It's a famous Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's about Hollywood moving from the silent silent films to talkies. There was a story that Margot Robbie, Robbie, Robbie she kissed Brad Pitt on the mouth, in which wasn't in the script. And she was like, what other option? What other opportunity are we going to have to kiss? If him? I ever see Brad Pitt, I'm going to kiss him. <laughs> Just kiss him right on the mouth. I think that <laughs> right in the- that should go on Brad Pitt's tombstone. <laughs> Is that Margot Robbie said that about him? I don't even know if it's true. Craig, can you corroborate that story? I don't even I haven't I, I heard that. I feel like I saw it on Twitter. But, but. I, I believe it. Listen, especially when you're married, like Margot Robbie is, like, you can get away with that on set. There's no rules. <laughs> and you'll, and by watching Babylon, you will learn that, especially back in the day, there was no rules. Wow. Is it as good as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It's very different. I would say it's much more similar to a Boogie Nights than it is to a mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that's cool. Okay. All right, well, all the film nerds who weighed in on, um, what's it called again? Babylon. No, no, the other one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? The uh, the, the Fall. Legends of the Fall. Kingdom of the Fall. Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Keep forgetting Also about old Hollywood. Yeah, really good. Everyone one. who leaned in on that or emailed in on that, you can let us know what you think about Babylon. All right. Oh, no, I was going to thank people. We already did that. Cool. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>